BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Time out when there's gaps in coverage. Every team needs a player that they can count on to help out. Aflac Supplemental Insurance can help close the gap between what health insurance covers and what it doesn't. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Aflac pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. Get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover. Visit affleck.com to learn more. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, Doug Gottlieb and Jeff Schwartz in for Dan the Danettes who are in Ireland. And I believe they'll be getting ready for college football upcoming, won't they? Does that start tomorrow, guys? When does it start? Just Thursday and Friday? What day is today? Today is Tuesday? Okay. I just, I, you ever get to where you don't know what day it is of the week? Usually that's when you come back from vacation. I have not. Uh, maybe I should know it's Tuesday because I stayed up and watched Monday Night Football last night. Jeff Schwartz, good morning to you. How are you? I'm fantastic. I watched it too. Were you excited to watch a preseason game like I was? Um, I don't know if I was excited to watch a preseason game, but I ended up really enjoying watching the game. Like that, that was like my takeaway was like it's not just football. It was the fact the Ravens had the streak going. It was this you know kind of quasi rivalry, which like we can get into later on in the show if you want. I just the Washington whatever they're going to remain to be called Commanders. And the Ravens, they should play each other every year in the regular season. Like, these games should always be played. Um, but I – and I – I don't know. I thought Buck and Aikman were awesome. Like, I know they were good last year. I just um, – Jay Stu and I were talking when I was driving in. Like, it kind of feels like a little bit of a reset for them. And then you had the really awkward handshake in the <laughs> in the booth. That's my there, was, there was just a bunch to it. Yeah, I was – I don't know if I was excited to watch it. But I enjoyed watching it a great deal, and then it and then it was one on a game-winning field goal. Uh, there was a bunch to it. Yeah, it was cool. I thought it was fantastic, and mostly because of of that streak. And I think the Commanders 
were playing hard anyways, but there was that motivation to beat their rivals you mentioned, and there is a rivalry there in that region between the teams and also end their preseason. I mean, they went and celebrated after the game like they won a regular season game. Like yeah. It was a big deal to them. But also, they didn't win a lot of games last year. Correct, so, yeah. and they have a new owner. It's just the first game at home with a brand new owner who was wearing just like a, a what? burgundy what? plain what? Okay, let's, 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 <laughs> before we get into all this, like, let's just talk like dudes, okay? What is he wearing? It was bad. Okay, it, so, it was like, so, okay, so, um, <laughs> he's worth how much, Jace, too? How much is he worth? Uh, I'll effort that. Let okay. me effort that. I mean, 11, look, 12 billion? I mean, it's, it's gotta like be that. a lot. I mean, he's, he's the managing general partner. He was a, he was a hedge fund guy, right? Yes. Six point six billion is what it's. He's uh, worth six point six billion. That's after the sale or before the sale? No, I mean he didn't put up the six billion dollars for the sale. I mean he's got a lot of partners. He's got partners, right? correct? He's the managing general partner of the Sixers, of the Commanders, of I think the Flyers as well, right? So th- those are like assets he has. He's worth a lot of money. If you, once you have the third comma, like, so he's wearing. And it might be really expensive, right? I don't know. But it's a burgundy polo. It didn't appear to have any buttons. Um, and it was felt like it was slightly faded, right? Now, again, I can give a guy a pass on this um, if it was like, hey, this is the polo I wore the first time I came to a, back when it was the Redskins, and I decided I wanted to buy that team. Like, that story, I, other than that, you either go, like, T-shirt, and you're every guy, or jersey, and you try and be every guy, or you wear s- something decent, but that was, that was like, I'm running out the door, I need something burgundy to wear, somebody throw me a shirt, he threw yes. it on, and then it was kind of like half sweaty, it was not a great look. It, it, it either was one of two things. Either he's like, "Oh, I don't have a burgundy shirt. Let me find one in my in my closet." And he pulls it out of the back of his closet. I mean, it had the 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 the, uh, the pocket on the front as well. Or he just went to like a thrift shop on the way in and picked out a burgundy shirt to wear. Why did he just wear a team polo? They would have given him one exactly. in the locker room. Exactly. <laughs> so he walks in. That that's where that's when you don't have real friends. Like a real friend would be like, "Hey, dude, what are you wearing?" Like I got a burgundy polo on. He's like, "Yeah, let's." Let's get the, the equi- team polo. Let's get the equipment guy. Get in here. Get you a team polo. It's your team now, buddy. This is your. It's yeah, your you operation. can do whatever you want. You don't have to even ask the equipment guy. You can tell the equipment guy because ultimately it's your team. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm watching the video of the handshake, Doug. It's so it's, bad. It's so it's like. I mean, the, okay. You know, the so, joke is- so here's the here's the setup for people who didn't see it because we are we're doing the thing you're not supposed to do yes. in radio, which is we're assuming, right? And um, we're assuming that you watched and you probably didn't watch. Josh Harris is the commander's managing general partner. He is the majority owner of the football team as he took over for Dan Snyder. It's like a celebration of ding dong, the witch is dead, witch old witch, the, the wicked witch, right? That, that Dan Snyder's out. So he's up in the booth in between Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. And Joe Buck is, he's kind of looking at the camera, kind of looking at Troy, not really making eye contact, with Harris, but he's talking with his hands. And when he's talking with his hands, he does have his right hand kind of extended in what appears to be a preemptive handshake move. And at some point, Harris just decides to kind of go in for the handshake and then realizes that it's not a handshake and pulls his hand back. And And only Aikman really kind of mentions it because he, he smirks and smiles for a second. But yeah, that was a, that was a fun moment. 
it was so awkward. It was like perfect for the moment of just an awkward uh, guy who is a billionaire, bazillionaire in a, in a weird burgundy colored shirt. Um, and <laughs> Troy smile. It was perfect for the preseason. It was a perfect encapsulation of what the preseason is about. Um, but it was, it was a good game last night. It was fun to watch the team. Both teams were into it, which is I think important because a lot of these games, the last couple of days, have had no starters playing. No one's really into it. I mean, the game in the in the hurricane in Los Angeles was atrocious to watch. Uh, so it was good to see some some teams care about the game last night. Yes, I mean, I I think guys generally, and I could be wrong, but especially in these games, they care because they're they're trying to either make a team or make a tape for a team. Um, but the stadium caring and the starters caring about winning and losing was what was different last night. And again, like the the uh, the Commanders went down. No, excuse me. The Ravens go down and score, and then um, they went for two, and then they're up eight, and the Commanders come back and score, and they go for two. There are no tie. No, are no, is no overtime in the preseason. Something I didn't know. I don't know if That's Buck a great knew, change. but he a, but he did he did mention it at some point. Um, but they didn't get it. Great tackle on the two-point conversion play. And then I'm sitting there with a buddy watching the game, and I, I was like, they're going to get the ball back. This thing's going to come down to, like, one last drive. And on like there was – it was like – it was really like a classic two-minute drill where – was it Jake Fromm? Is that who was the, the quarterback for the commanders, right? The kid who was at Georgia? Yes. Right? Okay. So he's – and, like, fourth and 11, there was a pass interference call. Right there was a couple of replayed calls as well. there was a replay as well. There's like a little bit of everything, and then they won on a game-winning field goal. And then what I thought was weird about the game-winning field goal: Did you notice when the ball first came off his foot, it felt like it was going dead left, and then all of a sudden, like it just kind of sliced back perfectly through the uprights from about I don't know 44 yards for the game-winning field goal. And then, as you pointed out, the Commanders celebrated like they won a regular season or maybe even close to like a quasi playoff game with that level of celebration. It was, it was a celebration of, I think years now of, of just the organization being stuck in the mud, you know, the organization having no direction, you know, the fan base, not enjoying the product at all. And it felt like it all came together with that win last night. Again, it's preseason. It means nothing, right? I mean, Sam Howell played well. That's good if you're a commander's fan, but otherwise, there's not much to take away from this game other than the energy of the organization feels much different now with a brand new owner. And that's why I took away from watching them play last night. It's just they, they looked different at home and the energy of this game. They're excited, obviously, that they don't have Snyder there anymore. We do realize that uh, as much as there's new energy now, there is only one unforgivable sin in in sports, and that's losing. And so if they win, people will love them. If they lose, people will not. Yeah, I think they're going to win more than we think. I mean, if Sam Howell can be like uh, like average quarterback in the NFL, they got a pretty good roster, man. They, they won more games than we thought last season. I, I'm not sold on Sam Howell. Obviously, it's one preseason game. The preseason overreactions, Doug, have gone like intenser by the year. I don't know why we we all do this, but um, if he can be average, they're going to win a lot of football. They're going to be a surprise team this year if, if Sam Howell can be any bit of average. Um, yeah, and, and and you know, in fairness to Ron Rivera, when he's had his starting quarterback healthy, right? like when he had Alex Smith, they were actually in first place in the NFC. Yes. They've just been besieged by injuries, 
And the question for Sam Howell is, one, can he stay healthy? And two, like, what's his ceiling? What's his floor? Um, and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think none of us believe that the – I don't know. if, if do, you believe, do you believe, like, Dak Prescott is some crazy talent at quarterback? I, I don't know. I think, feel like he went from underrated to overrated to now – yeah, now people now people are almost underrating him. Um, are they? Yeah, I don't know. It's about ten to twelve, right? I mean, I, I put him and Cousins sort of. Yeah, same guy. Yeah, it's ten. Yeah. To, but so they're really like ten to I twelve. I think Cousins is a little better, to be totally honest with you. Uh, that uh, that would be my. I would say Cousins. You know, but again, it's we're, we're neither of us think he's yeah. like they're like Super Bowl caliber quarterback, Correct. right? They're, yes. they're good. They're good. They're good, and they're good leaders and good dudes. And they don't have flaws as, as human beings that'll bring them down outside of football. So, um, and then, you know, I don't know what you think of Daniel Jones. I think the Giants are a little bit better than people think they are. You know, I don't think they were great last year. But again, that NFC East had a super easy schedule. And then the Eagles, who were just dominant last year, one, easy schedule. But two, seven new starters. And three, two new coordinators. Um, and they're they're a game that's circled on everybody's calendar this year. I think it's going to be interesting to see that division. So I'm I'm with you on Washington being, I think better than we think, but I don't know what that actually looks like. It all comes down to Sam Howell. I mean, we have seen this year after year. The division previews for the NFL can be boiled down very simply to: Do you have the best quarterback in the division? If you look at the winners of divisions, most recently last season, the year before that, I mean, seven out of eight divisions are the best quarterback, right? And Sam Howell, no matter what you think of him, how good he can be, I think he'll never be better than Jalen Hurts. I don't think he'll be better than than Dak Prescott. And if you just get average from him, you can make a wild card berth. You can sure. be competitive each week. But I, I don't see him, Doug, as a franchise quarterback. It, it, I know we like the underdog story. We like thinking that a fifth round pick is going to be. But it, those are the outliers, a very rare quarterback. We just talked about two of them, two fourth round picks, right? Cousins and Dak Prescott. It's just like good not Super Bowl caliber, right? So Sam Howell's not going to get to that point, I think, where they can win the division, but they can be competitive enough to make it fun each week. Everyone can keep their job, and maybe next year you surround him with more talent, even though they have a ton of talent, and you hope that you know in year three he makes a little bit of a jump and, and you're more competitive. But you're not, in my opinion, if you're Washington, you're kind of, you're just never going to get to that point where he's winning you the division and winning you a bunch of playoff games. No, but I, I think that the idea is... Um, and I would also say Chase Young, if Chase Young can get back to what we thought he was before the knee, or anywhere close, that that could be a determinant, right? Because they could have a, just get back to that dynamic defensive front and play to their defense. Um, but I, I, like, I think this is the classic way in which you rebuild a roster, which is what the Eagles really want to do, and they just. I think they lucked into Jalen Hurts. I don't think anybody, th- no one thought Jalen Hurts no. was going to be this good. Zero people, uh, even the Eagles, right? They were positioning themselves with the three first round picks to draft a quarterback this past year. And Jalen Hurts ended up being like arguably the best quarterback in the league last year. Kind of surprised him. But you rebuild a roster by having a guy on a rookie deal, especially a non first rounder on a rookie deal. He makes no money. So you can take that money and spread it around and build an entire roster. And then. Like, all right, now we figure out, do we use our resources to get an elite quarterback in the draft coming up when the rest of our roster, when the rest of our, our roster is already full up? 
you ha- if you're Washington, you have to do that. The worst place to be in the NFL is sort of where they're at right now, which is we don't have a quarterback that's good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think the, the most ardent Commanders fans would say that's the case deep in their hearts as much as they want to think Sam Howell is going to be this guy that he probably isn't. And, and they're not bad enough like Arizona or maybe Tampa Bay to get a Caleb Williams or Drake May. They're sort of in the middle. Now, you're right. They can trade up. And and sort of sacrifice the future. And Caleb Williams, I think, is good enough to do that. But who's ever drafting first, if it's Arizona, is going to want him anyways, right? So you're kind of going to have to settle for someone else. They're sort of in the worst spot to be in now. As a fan of the team, they're going to be competitive, which is what you want, right? It's much more fun to watch a team that competes each week than a team that wins three games. But you're not looking forward to any sort of postseason success if you have a quarterback like Sam Howell. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what's the real difference between Sam Howell and Baker Mayfield? In terms of uh, talent. Not, nothing. I, mean, I think Sam Howell probably runs a little bit better, but that's about it. Right. So, I mean, part of it is like, and 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 I do, I agree with you that he's not an elite talent, right? He is not Justin Herbert. He is not Pat Mahomes. He's not Lamar. He doesn't have something that no one else has. But he's just, he has a chance to be good and solid, which I think Baker, that's Baker's real level of talent right there, right? Is he's really, he was really kind of that, in that third to fourth round range sort of thing. And again, if you put a really good team around him, those guys can be fine. You're right. The playoffs, they're not, those guys generally don't win you games. But we just talked about Kirk Cousins. Wasn't he a fourth, fourth round pick? We just, talked about Dak. Game. <laughs> we, just, we just talked about Dak Prescott. Was he a fourth-round pick? Yeah, they, okay. they both won one playoff game. Okay, again, but yeah. but they are, But you also said they're both in that 10 to 12 range. And again, I I think that's probably a little bit above where Sam Howell will be, but we've, we haven't really seen him start a game with this right. team. So I don't think they're in that bad a place. I think we both walk away going they're not in that bad a place. The plan is probably to build up the roster and then try and get a legit guy. In the meantime... He might be good enough, and let's kind of see where this thing goes. But it, it was a breath of fresh air to have a big-time broadcast, a competitive game, um, two teams with their own unique stories, and then the Washington Commanders finally feel like, okay, now we can talk about them again because Dan Snyder's no longer involved. Yeah, they're fans. I have friends, I'm sure you do, that are Commanders fans. Like they, I've never seen a fan base more happy for an ownership change, just a, a, breath, of, a breath of fresh air. We saw even there were uh, the signs lining the, the freeway, the highway, heading into the stadium, thanking the owner for, for buying the team, the new owner. Like it's, it's, it's a big weight lifted off the shoulders of those, fan, of those fans who, who weren't proud to be Commanders fans. I'm sure they changed that name, too. That has to be done as well. And, and the first home game is going to be full. That place is huge. It seats over 90,000. It gets loud. Um, I'm happy for that fan base. They're very passionate, and they deserve to, to have a product they can, uh, they can cheer for. Would you? What, what name is the name? Not Commanders. Um, I like the – they had – I think Red Wolves was one of them they had up there. I think that was one I liked. Um, what were the other options? There was a, a – I mean, was, there's, there's a Native American group with 90,000 signatures to bring back Redskins. Look, man, I mean, I if, if they want to do that, fine with me. I mean, Utah still has the Utes, right? The Seminoles in Florida State. I mean, it's still, well, it's still happening. To, Utah used to be the Indians. Uh Yes, they're now the Utes, but they've been the Utes for quite a long time. But um, I mean, so, some of the the some of the the teams still have the the tribal name. Like yeah, the, the, the tribes are fine with it. 
I, uh, I, I, my, my thing with the Redskins was I did think there was equity with it. And two, it's not, it's not actually a slur that anybody uses, right? It's uh, anyway, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's it probably too early in the morning to get into some political warfare <laughs> over a nickname. But I would agree with you that Commanders just feels weird. It does. does I like the Washington football team better Loved than the Commanders. I thought that was cool. Right. Like, why can't we be different and be Washington's football team? That's that's fine. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then those. Never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Got some quick math for you. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, and delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep, right? That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything else costs more. So let's reduce that. The headaches, the cost, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that brings accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and brings it onto one platform. One source of truth. So you're only paying for that. It reduces IT costs because NetSuite lives in the clouds. No hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Patrick right now and save NetSuite.com slash Patrick. We were just talking about spring training playing baseball, going to baseball games, playing softball. And I just brought back that taste when you're there at a spring training game and you get to have a Miller Lite. It's a warm afternoon, Scottsdale, Arizona. Beer here! Paula used to be a beer vendor. I was a beer vendor at Scottsdale Stadium, and I slung Miller Lite. So I was just throwing them out there. Okay. Not literally. Okay. But just that cold, refreshing taste. The crack? Yes. Not the crack of the bat. Which is better, crack of the bat's crack of the beer can? Oh, I'd crack of the beer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Miller Lite. It tastes like beer. How about that? That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And you should, too. They've been doing this since 1975. The original light beer. Everybody else is just trying to imitate them. Less filling, only 96 calories. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. 
Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Hope you're doing well. With Jeff Schwartz, I'm Doug Gottlieb. And um, we've seen... We've seen different reasons, uh, but Jeff, they didn't have the joint. Did they have the joint practices when you played? Um, at the end of my career, I kind of straddled um, the the new CBA in 2011. So I, you know, when we ended the the double days, we you know we used the joint practices. I only I've only done one in my career in my nine years uh, of training camps. So um, yeah, not it wasn't as frequent. Did you like it? It was fine. We we were, I was in Detroit. We went to Pittsburgh. Um, you know. Every video I've seen of a joint practice ended with a big brawl, right? We even had that on, on, on a Hard Knocks episode, I think, with the Falcons. And so we went to, I was with Jim Caldwell, with the Lions. We went up to Latrobe and practicing against Mike Tomlin Steelers, and we were told no fighting. It just was very chill. I did not expect it to be as chill as it was. It was, it was fine. It wasn't what people make it out to be where I think coaches put a lot of stock into these, uh, into these joint practices more than they do some preseason games. Um, it, it was fine. It was fine to play someone else, but also you're playing. Fine Pittsburgh. is not really like fine is fine is like the word mediocre. Yeah. Right. Well, like, okay. Too, so what is, what, what, like, what does mediocre mean? It was just, it, it was training camp. Like, I, it, it sucks. It all sucks. And then you're just doing it against someone else. And Pittsburgh had a different defense that we weren't going to face all season. Uh-huh. It, it just, it felt like training camp. Like, another training camp practice, but you're just not playing your own team. But you can't tackle, right? You're, 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 you're not practicing cut blocks. You're not, it's not a game. It's, it's practice against someone else. Why, well, these coaches and, and general managers seem to love it. I don't know. Uh, they, they talk about it like it's the greatest thing ever. Correct. Why? It's scripted too. Like I think most of it's scripted, so you already know what you're going to do. Um, I don't know, man. I, I find it very interesting how we have older coaches, right? Andy Reid, the Tomlin, the Belichick, the Pete Carroll, um, where you know they're they're pretty, and even kind of you know Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, who's been in this business a long time. You know they're they're about playing their guys in preseason games, right? Like they want their starters to get reps in those games, yes. to feel the live action, to, to, to hit a little bit, to do a, you know, to do a live two-minute drill, to practice situations. And then younger coaches um, don't play their guys at all. I, I, I kind of don't understand why, you know, for the Bears, for example, they didn't play Justin Fields or any of the offense. He threw, th- he completed three passes in his first game for negative eight air yards. Like you got to... A, a practice against, I think they played, I don't even know who they who were against. It's not the same as a game when you actually get hit, right? You're getting hit. They're, they're calling pressures and other things happening that you didn't see in practice. And you're working through communication and new wide receivers, new offensive linemen. And the young coaches, man, they love the joint practice. They view that as an opportunity to, to practice but not get hurt, get your work in and go home. And it's a, it's a you know, Andy Reid doesn't do joint practices. He's never done one. Um, he, he just he won't do it. Um, you know, I don't know how many Seattle does. I know, as I mentioned, Pittsburgh does them every now and then. Belichick's been known to do them as well. But the, the young coaches, they're about joint practices and no, and no playing preseason games. Yeah, I, I, I've talked about this with some <laughs> coaches and some other football people and some college coaches as well, which is um, I, I think one of the reasons for the kind of older school philosophy is 
and, and like you played so you would know way better than the rest of us, which is don't you need to hit somebody and yes. get hit to prepare to get hit and hit somebody? You can't. How do uh, this? You're practicing and hitting so little now, and the the injury numbers are just as high, if not higher, in many many places. And so I think it has the opposite of the intended effect. Like the, McVay was the first one to go like, ah, my guys aren't playing. And yet when you look, Cooper Cup's gotten hurt twice, right? His own quarterback got hurt last year. I mean, he's been besieged by, by injuries um, both in the pre and regular season, despite all of his efforts to not get hurt. Now, they've also been to a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl, but they've had some down years because of those injuries. I just, I, I, mean, I guess that's the question. Isn't there an amount that you have to hit um, in order to build up some sort of like almost football antibodies for the regular season? I believe so. I've always believed that. Now, do you need to do double days every day? No. Uh, but I do think that there's a part of, of the game that requires the physical contact to be able to learn as you know, learn your body and how to, to withstand you know the physical rigors of, of every play of, of different of playing multiple plays in a row. I mean, I think you have to do it still. Obviously, the the younger coaches don't feel that way. What I what I find so interesting about the is you mentioned the injury rate, right? Is as the NFL players have negotiated, right? This is in the CBA. Right. Less practice time. Yep. More days off. Right. And when you do a negotiation, you so if you're saying I want this, the owners go, well, I want this in exchange, right? Yes. yes. So we're losing, I would assume, a little bit of money to practice less because of quote unquote injuries, but the injury rate has not gone down at all. So we're giving up money for no reason. It's not helping bodies last longer in the NFL. It's not helping guys withstand injuries longer. And again, I go back to I, I know I use Andy Reid a lot on this, but he's been a successful coach for many, many years. They still have live tackling periods. Like they, they, college football, right? Why do you think Alabama and Georgia are so good? They have good players, obviously. We know that, but they have tough physical practice. Anyone talks about the way they practice, right? Like that practice in football and the physicality in it, to me is important to success. Sean McVay, obviously, he's kind of he's proven everyone a little bit wrong. But as you mentioned, injuries have caught up to the Rams. But he also had a veteran team, a veteran quarterback, a veteran left tackle, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. Like he can afford to sit some of the younger players in the preseason. But I don't know why Anthony Richardson's not playing in the preseason. Why didn't he play this weekend? He could, he could use every. He threw the ball like three times at Florida. He used every rep possible. Justin Fields can, you, can use every rep possible right now. I don't get why these coaches don't want to see the guys out there. The injury rate in the preseason for quarterbacks is so low. They're not getting they're not getting hurt. Why? What are you afraid about? Um, okay, you, you mentioned the Colts and the story came out yesterday that Jonathan Taylor has been given the okay to go and uh, with his agent to go and search for a trade partner. So remember, Taylor's a guy who he's been a star when he's healthy in the league, wasn't healthy last year, uh, but wants to reset the running back market. And here we are, August 22nd, and his agent's going to be calling around trying to trying to get a trade. And remember, in order to trade for Jonathan Taylor, you not only have to have the Colts agree to the trade and the value of the trade, but you also have to re-sign him to a contract extension, and he wants it at what he believes fair market value is top of the market because when healthy, he's top of the market running back. Is is there a team out there that's going to offer him that? No. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I was so hopeful the Colts would do it so we stop having this discussion about running back worth and, and salaries and whatnot because it's we kind would of do a, what? 
would, would give him a long-term contract that was a lot of money, so we stopped talking about this because I feel like this is a discussion that is um, – it's the answer is in front of us, and yet some people still want to, you know. And I look, I'm an offensive lineman. I played with uh, with a Hall of Fame running back and Adrian Peterson, one that would have been with Jamal Charles if he hadn't got hurt. Uh, two other Pro Bowl guys and D'Angelo Williams and, and Jonathan Stewart. I've benefited from those guys, but if I'm building a team right now. I'm not drafting one in the first round. I'm not paying one a second contract. Um, that's just not a smart way to build your team. And I understand that makes everyone a little uncomfortable when you say, hey, these guys have put in the work, they've, they've sacrificed their bodies, and they don't deserve more money. Yeah, I get it. I get why that's uncomfortable to say. But if you're building a team, you just can't pay that guy. The only guy off the top of my head right now that is, I think, really – Going to be, it could be a difference maker in, in winning or losing a Super Bowl. It's Christian McCaffrey, right? On, on the, he, he kind of changed that offense, but I'd argue, Doug, that Brock Purdy has to take another jump this season for them to win. It doesn't matter how good McCaffrey is. Well, I mean, the, the, here, here's the McCaffrey argument, okay? So when they remember his first three years, he didn't miss a snap. Yes. Okay. And they gave him a contract extension earlier than they needed to. And um, then he was, then he was banged up for a couple years. Then they traded him. Did you know the Carolina, and you probably do because you live there. Better, yes. They were actually better running the football. Correct. After they traded him. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And so, and he's, <laughs> and he's light years ahead. So the first thing I, I don't like, I, I'm going to disagree. I generally agree with you that you probably don't take a guy in the first round unless, you know, you got all everything else because the, the first round money doesn't really hurt, doesn't really hurt you. It's the second contract, which does because none of them end up living up to the second contract. Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, we go through it. Todd Gurley. All these guys got the big second contract, and none of them were nearly as good in the second contract as they were the first contract. McCaffrey hasn't been as healthy in the second contract as he was the first contract. Alvin Kamara hasn't been able to stay healthy, right? Derrick Henry is... But Derrick Henry's making 12 years. But the the most important thing I, I, would, I would push back on is it's not that I don't want him on my team. It's not that I don't want to offer him a contract extension. I just don't want to pay him $16 million. I'll pay him 12. Pay him, you know, I'll pay him 12. Fine. For, you know, a couple years of of like two years of 12 million. Fine. I'm just not going to pay 16. And it's not because I'm cheap. It's because I can use that other money for, for, for something else. Correct. That, that, that is why, right? So like, if you're Tennessee, for example, you're, you're, you're the Titans, and I argue that Derrick Henry is the last Hall of Fame running back we have in the NFL right now. He's like the last guy. Because guys, to your point, they're not getting paid, they're not staying on the same team, and the longevity of that position is not going to be long enough to be a Hall of Famer. And, and a lot of young players are not going to play running back, and so the, the, the talent pool is going to change. Um, if you're a Titans fan... Would you take a little bit less production from the running back position, but you have more money to spend on offensive line and more money to spend on, a, on, a, on another player to help your quarterback? Like, I think you would say in the end, you would have done that, right? That Your point's exactly right. It's not about not paying the back. It's about spending money in other parts of your team and finding a running back in the second round or third round or paying, obviously, you know, a lower amount to a starting running back to come as a free agent. You still need a run game, though. This doesn't mean that you've sacrificed the physicality and the violence and and the attitude of a run game, right? It's still important to have that as part of your team. You just don't need that that bell cow running back who you you draft in the first round. Um, and your point's accurate. Look, if you have an if you're a team that has a lot of talent, 
and you just need one more piece, and the running back might be that piece, taking the first-round pick on him is not the worst thing in the world. Um, but you still need that as part of your offense, Doug. You still need to be able to hit and run the ball and set up and set a play-action pass and things like that, but you just don't need to do it with someone you're paying $15 million, $15 million a year to. Right. So, and then you factor in the timing of it is really bad for Jonathan Taylor, right? Because we've had an entire preseason – and no top-level running back has gotten hurt. So there's nobody who's a, a, a team that thinks they can compete for a Super Bowl that is in dire need of a running back, so much so they'll move mountains and overpay a guy, right? Because that's the type of thing that, that will happen. Um, and, like, again, one, if you're the Colts, you're not going to take a draft pick from somebody who's, you know, I mean, what, what, what draft pick is going to be offered? And then are you going to, you know, you're going to give a bunch of money? to? I, I just... <laughs> the timing is screwy. Yeah. You know, if it was the off season, I think he'd have a shot. But but right like a couple weeks for the regular season, yeah. no shot. Well, let's also be fair here. Like a team could have traded for him two weeks ago if they wanted to. Like even though they said, Oh, we're not trading him, he's untouchable. Yep. If a team calls it, hey, we're giving you a first round pick, he would have been out of there two weeks ago. So teams have had the opportunity to trade it from, I mean, you mentioned the point of 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 the actual draft pick they're going to receive, right? So if you're a team who would want Jonathan Taylor, assumption I think we're correct on this would be a back end of the first round draft pick, right? So you know people said Buffalo, I don't see them trading for a first round pick for running back, but so possible that first round pick is going to be pick twenty eight, right? Twenty seven. Is that something you want? I think you would say yes if you're the Colts, but you're not going to get. If you ask for the second round pick, now you're looking in you know the late fifties, right? So the pick changes obviously depending on on where that team is going to draft. And a bad team's not training for Jonathan Taylor, and then you have to pay him, of course. I think he's got to play this season. I feel bad for Baxman. I don't. I don't have a great solution for them. The CBA is not changing for five or six running backs that want to get more money. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I'm gonna tell you something that a general manager told me last week. That yeah. like you, you'll have people who go on radio and TV and say, "Don't be a running back." And uh, like, still make a lot of money. Well, you still make a lot of money, <laughs> right? You're not going to be the highest paid guy or the second highest paid guy, but you're going to be paid a lot more than a lot of other positions. And it's actually a lot easier to make the league as a running back because you keep three or four. It, it is. And again, look, I know we're talking in terms of NFL contracts, right? Right. But Saquon Barkley's made a lot of money. Yes. Like he's made a lot of money. Jonathan Taylor is going to make a lot of money. Right. I know it's not the same as another position in the NFL. Right. And well, it's like, like we th- finally figured out <laughs> that it's like it, it took a while, but they finally figured out like, hey, you know, and, and this is this is no different, by the way, than in the NBA. Like the power forward is now it's extinct. You know, the traditional, the Charles Oakley power forward, they those guys don't exist anymore. Correct. Right. And then the traditional center, and you can tell me Jokic is a traditional center. Like he's yeah, not, sure, sure. I mean, he's, yeah. he, he's not, but the Trish, the Roy Hibberts of the world have, hmm. have no value. So this is just the changing times to where we're like, wait, why were we spending a bunch of money there? Resources there. Let's move around. We do that in business. We do that in other sports. Why don't we do like in, in major league baseball, how many teams have we seen go with an opener instead of a starting pitcher? Why does it really make sense to have some you know, depend, put all your money on one starter whose arm can break down instead of having a great bullpen and spread it out? Like these are real things that happen. And yet we get so caught up in running backs, whether it's because of fantasy football or the emotions of it, or when we grew up, the running back was everything, whatever it is, 
the reality to it is this is a, a microcosm of the rest of the business world, and the rest of the sports world. Things do change. And it's not that they have no value. It's just their value hasn't grown like other sports, other positions values have grown. Absolutely. And, and that's okay. And I know people have a hard time with that because I think your point is very, is very accurate because the fantasy football part of it is yeah. like you know these players, you know what they look like with their helmets off. They score touchdowns. They, that's they why. Score I mean, they score tutties. And, so, and they do play a very physically demanding position. There are times I've been on a football field and I've heard a running back get hit and I thought they were going to not get up afterwards. Like yeah. It's a violent position to have to play. And we see those hits. They're very visceral. But to your point, and the point I've made for years now is that the game has changed where those guys just the value, the actual dollar amount to pay those guys is not what it used to be. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You know what I did last summer? I went to Italy, and it was awesome. And you know what I did before that that was even more awesomer? I downloaded the Viator app, and I set up a bunch of great experiences for me and my family to enjoy. Like, we knew we were going to Rome, so I booked a day trip, a walking tour of ancient Rome. It was absolutely fantastic. We were heading up after that to Cinque Terre. I booked a boat cruise for the day, checked out all five villages. It was absolutely gorgeous. Speaking of gorgeous... Uh, the captain of the boat that we were on was an absolute stud. He looked like his abs had been chiseled from the god Jupiter's own stomach. He was just an absolute piece of art. And you know what? If my wife had left me that day, uh, I would have been okay with it. Babe, you know what? You deserve happiness like that. Uh, so, fellas, just a heads up. Uh, check your captains. Uh, anyway, I digress. Viator is a website and an app where you can book travel experiences uh, like the ones I just described. Uh, they offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation and payment options and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking on the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with amex terms apply good morning to you dan patrick show you're on fox sports radio Along with Jeff Schwartz, I'm Doug Gottlieb. I don't know, I hear Andrew Sandman, Jeff, and I, I think Virginia Tech football. Enter Sandman, Lane Stadium. I started getting jacked, and I'm like, man, could not it's, be more excited about college football getting underway. It's back this week. Right? Week the number zero. number six team in the country on Pac-12 Network, 8 p.m. Eastern, man. Gotta love it. Um, <laughs> y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, man, it's, I mean, look, college football is, it's awesome. It's every, it's, I think it's everything to me and you. I, of course I love the, the NFL. By the way, a uh, uh, quick, quick side note. Jay Stu, how did the Bachelor, was it the Bachelorette that ended up last night, right? Bachelorette uh, had its exciting finale last night. She was in love with two dudes. Yeah. And she told them both, I'm in love with you. And she had to drop one of them. So Did it she all drop the out. white guy or the black guy? Uh, the black guy. Black guy got dropped? And the white guy got the next bachelor. So he wins. Wait, 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 wait. wait. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was in love with both of them? In love with both of them, yep. And if you, I don't know if you know this, uh, um, Jeff, but Jay Stu has, a podca- has his own podcast with a buddy. And they do the Bachelor, Bachelorette thing. It's called so. The Bachelor Lifestyle with my guy, Brian Beckner. Um, okay. But but well. Joel, Joel, the white guy, gets The Bachelor. So that's going to be not millions in his pocket. But it's not The Bachelor. They got the old guy, Bachelor, first. Oh, He's got to yeah. like, wait a, a two seasons. Yeah, the elderly Bachelor. I can't You know they have that, Jeff? That they got, it, they got like a how, seven-year-old how? dude that looks like he's like 50. And, okay, so we asked this question on my show yesterday. I'm missing out on watching this. Jeez. Well, it's it's also it's on Monday nights, so I, you're not really missing out. Um, so the the question becomes, what is the youngest? He's seventy or seventy one. I think he's seventy. I think it's seventy one. Yeah. Seventy one. What is the youngest bachelorette on the show, The Bachelor, that they should have? What, what's what? Uh, what they should have and what they're going to have are two different things. No, you. I'm making you a producer I, I, of the show. I think they're going to have some ladies that are in their 30s on the show. I, Me I, too. I do too. Um, why yeah. shouldn't they? If the ladies want to participate, and you know, it's the old. What do they call it? They call it November June or December June uh, relationships. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. So. Uh, I think that's amazing. Um, and a disaster, which is what's beautiful. Like, how do you have, if you're 71, how do you have a conversation with somebody 35? Uh, does like he have, like, young of, kids? Your from point, a, uh, yeah, but even old? if you have young kids, like, the young kids are just, older than them. Like, uh, I, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't, that's older than my parents. Jeez. Um, yeah, I don't know what you would talk to them about. I, and I know the people gonna Jason. People gonna people gonna want to watch this. I guess. I don't. I don't know if there's a thirst to watch the elderly bachelor. This is the first time. There. This is an experiment. So we'll see what happens. A ton of people watch the actual. Yeah, bachelor. I know that. Yeah, yeah the yeah. elderly bachelor. Well, but look, it's in the fall. This is clearly something that they think is going to work, right? Because the the summer bachelorette is like a. It's kind of a throwaway. 
throwaway season. You know, it's called it's, the Golden Bachelor, by the way. Yeah, the Golden Bachelor. Golden Bachelor. Jeez. Um, He's 71? Yeah. Yeah. No way. No way. Supposedly 71. Right? Why, you think he's hot? Is that what you're saying, Jeff? <laughs> I'm just surprised. I, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> just, I'm not mad. I'm impressed. I just, I, I'm, I, I'm a little more jealous, man. I'm going to look this good at 71. A, 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 a little bit. A little bit. All right, here's uh, here's what I want to do. Okay, we are a mere days away. See, I now all of a sudden now you're going to be googling the entire <laughs> now, break. Now I'm 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 going to text my wife. Do you know about the elderly, the elderly bachelor? Yes. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Athletes everywhere turn to CBD for relief and recovery, but with all the products claiming to do different things, it's impossible to decide which is best. As one of few brands that oversees the entire production process, from their farm in Oregon to the product that arrives at your door, Lazarus Naturals keeps their ingredients simple and transparent. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results for your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Discover how CBD can help you reach your full potential as an athlete. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, the cleanest source of CBD for athletes and sports fans alike. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 